This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The climate change debate and the part played by we humans continues at a seemingly relentless pace within the developed world itself and among those maturing and emerging nations. It's not surprising that scientists are at the forefront of the deliberations, but there is a feeling that, with one or two exceptions, some dynamics of the debate have largely been bypassed. Dr Shahzad Ansari of Cambridge Judge Business School has co-authored an essay supporting the notion that organisational scholars should take a more active role. The essay asks if management scholars are prepared to help construct new narratives and to take the actions needed to reconcile human and social evolution with the physical reality of climate change. The alternative, will they fiddle while the ice melts? Why is Dr Ansari throwing down the gauntlet and issuing his challenge now? One reason, I suppose, is because the uh, debate around climate change has been dominated uh, by, by economists. And, and we have much to add to this debate, but somehow our presence on, um, is, is quite limited in, in theorizing, talking about climate change. And I think uh, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are insights that organizations, scholars can bring to this debate. Well, what then can they bring to the table by way of experience, skills and knowledge when the debate really centers around technologies and economic issues? I, I agree. Uh, the debate does center around technologies solutions and um, um, somehow we're going to solve the issue of climate change which so which in my opinion is just not going to there's no solution to climate change this is an ongoing issue that will continue for for decades for hundreds of years it's it, there's no solution to it as such what we need to do is to is to live with this in a more constructive in a more adaptive in a more engaging manner and um, the conventional sort of policy uh, uh, making approach has been around that somehow you can identify and isolate the impacts, manage them, in turn govern this climate system um, and as if it's in somehow under human control. And um, what 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 we have been looking at in these processes is that it's not actually that. So there is no one solution. There is no silver bullet for managing climate change. These treaties, these protocols, these they're all all required at some level, but there is no one solution to climate change. And normally people have talked about three solutions to climate change. One is sort of a top-down approach. That would be the government needs to regulate, one. The second would be a market-based approach. You need carbon trading, you need companies to get involved, you need to have credits and carbon credits and a carbon market and a carbon regime. So that would be what, what, what could be described as a market-based regime. So one is a top-down government state-centric regime. The other is a market-based corporate business-centric regime. And both have a role to play, but this requires a much wider sort of community-centric approach where you need to involve the entire society in it to manage this phenomenon. It's just not going to be a state-centric or a business-centric approach. We could debate that, which is better, which is worse. But this is a much more inclusive uh, uh, approach which involves the community at large, including changing behaviors on a day-to-day -day level, not just some grand treaties and grand protocols that can certainly be enforced transnationally. Your essay expresses the belief that, as you've already started to say, that organisational science can provoke rethinking. But, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, is rethinking really needed? What, what we need are solutions. Well, solutions depend on how we conceptualise a problem. 
So solutions are not independent of what we define as a problem in the first place. So the kind of solutions we seek would very much depend on, on these problems and how we define the problems. I mean, to give you one example, what I mean by this is people have, in a, in a different way, to, to, to alleviate global poverty, people have been talking about bottom-of-the-pyramid strategies in India and other places in the world. And and then the debate there is, okay, is is the only way to improve lives is basically by enhancing consumption. And that's a belief, that's an economic sort of assumption we make. So the solutions would be, can you get people to, uh, can you get people to spend more on goods and services, hook them into products and services they're not used to? And that is just not the right strategy, as people have found out. Raising consumption levels in Indian villages will be disastrous, not just for the environment, but may even cause social disruption in those communities themselves. So when you talk about solutions, the solutions have to be appropriate. And uh, if we are using wrong definitions of how we understand the problem, then the solutions are likely to be inappropriate as well. So that's what I meant by this requires rethinking of what we define this problem to be. In throwing down your gauntlet, in offering your challenge, you propose three well-established strands of organisational theory, institutional, stakeholder and complexity, mm-hmm. which you say can contribute to understanding and theorising climate change mm-hmm. and its social and political ramifications. We don't need to go through them one by one because institutional is fairly straightforward. Stakeholder is obvious. Mm-hmm. The more complicated one, though, is complexity. Yes, it is. And it's uh, getting increasing traction, at least in, in, in amongst management scholars. It's sort of what complexity theory does is it, it emphasizes the limits to predictability and highlights the need to um, continuously reevaluate the appropriateness of existing policies against the backdrop of evolving realities, which basically means this complex term is called adaptive governance. What we need to do is we need to keep thinking, how do we need to adapt given the new data, the new realities that emerge? So look at Kyoto Protocol. I mean, it's it, it, it was a very important event, a milestone event, but it, it's, it's no longer enough to continue to deal with climate change. So yes, we need this to be an ongoing adaptive process. What complexity theory sort of tells you is this it, this would require cultivating broad civic engagement that can enhance the, uh, uh, the legitimacy as well of the and the commitment to uh, dealing with uh, climate change issues. And um, from a complexity perspective, climate change or climate policy needs to be uh, seen as a living, learning regime requiring constant monitoring and reframing in the light of sort of new evidence, new facts, changing circumstances. So that's what it, it shows the limits. We can't just predict these things, no matter how many models we run and how sophisticated those models may be. It's, it's just beyond predictability. This is such a complex phenomenon. And that theory sort of makes us feel, makes us realize that the way is not to build the best model but to deal with this on an ongoing, adaptive basis. How are you going to persuade your colleagues and, and other organisational scholars to involve themselves? Because they are only human, and, and, and the inclination might well be on some part to, to let other people do the donkey work and then make a lot of noise when, when, when solutions are reached or are close to. Well, I mean, th- there has been a shift in thinking, as you know. I mean, people have talked about the triple bottom line uh, more and more. So there's the economic, and then there's the social, and then there's the environmental. And more and people are, are, have, have sort of begun to realize that these three are not separate. They're intertwined, interdependent. We can't, our growth, economic growth is not sustainable unless we also address the environmental and the social issues, be that be envi- climate change on, a, on an environmental level, be that be pov- poverty alleviation on a social level. But these three things just cannot be 
treated as independent. And I think that that's an increasing realization amongst a growing number of academics and practitioners and policymakers. So I feel there is definitely a momentum in this direction. People have realized there's no such thing as unbridled growth. It has to be sustainable. We can't kill the golden goose we live on. We just cannot do that. So yes, everyone is talking about growth in in this recession. And we know growth is important. But we know that just growth without it being sustainable is simply not the way to go forward. Finally, part of your argument is that the debate offers golden opportunities. Your words, golden opportunities. Is that enough to, as you, as you put it in your essay, to stop them fiddling while the ice melts? To use the words uh, of a climate scientist, um, we see climate change as a provocator. It's, it entices us to rethink our wider goals about how and why we live on the planet. So climate change needs to be seen as a collective imaginative resource, not just as a solution or a problem that shapes our sort of individual and collective identities. It can provoke us to think about the long-term impact of our short-term choices and galvanize new thinking about technology. It even challenges to sort of rethink some of our cherished goals of capitalism, uh, growth and consumption in favor of ways of living and doing business more sustainably. So... Am I optimistic? Yes, I think there is no other, there is no alternative. It's just that an increasing number of people need to get on board before it's, uh, it's just too late. Um, so I'm, I, I think, yeah, everything starts with thinking about things in the right way. So I'm pretty confident that we can shape, if we can change assumptions, these uh, taken for granted assumptions that we have about economic growth, about uh, capitalism. These need to be rethought and re reconceptualized so that we I'm, I'm not, we're not saying we don't need to have growth of course we need economic growth but all these other aspects of sustainability need to come alongside that economic those cherished economic ideals if we are to have a sustainable planet Dr Shazad Ansari thank you very much This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.